We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you sweet souls. I'm so honored that you are allowing Empower Radio and Journey to Center to be a part of your day. So for sure, relationships in life can be confusing. And yes, from our human vantage point, as we look around, things can seem so scary and crazy, chaotic, unfair, and complex. Why is it some people are born into wealth and others struggle to get enough to eat? Why are some people literally running from bullets and war zones and others born with silver spoons in their mouths and affluence? Why do good people die young and others live long lives in decadence and opulence even though they lie, cheat, and steal. It doesn't seem fair, and it doesn't make sense, at least not from our limited human perspective. But what if we could go higher in our consciousness? What if we could start to perceive things from higher altitude, not just from a human perspective, but from a spiritual perspective? This is when things start to clear up and begin to make a lot more sense. So imagine, if you will, sitting in a room with some extraordinary, clear, and conscious people. What if you got to ask any and every question you ever had, and they answered these questions in such a clear and profound way that you never had to ask them again? What would you want to know? What would you want to ask if you were spending time with these enlightened ones? Well, I had the honor, experience, and privilege of sitting in a classroom with these teachers for six years. And because of this, my life has completely and seemingly miraculously transformed. And now I want to share with you the greatest blessings of my life. We're here with my very conscious, wise, wonderful, and what many would say, enlightened teachers, Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick. They're internationally acclaimed authors, renowned educators, and teachers in the field of spiritual psychology, as well as the facilitators of awakening in consciousness. They're the founding faculty and co-directors of the University of Santa Monica, where they have designed, developed, and facilitated educational programs for the past 35 years. Both are licensed marriage and family therapists, and Mary is a licensed clinical psychologist. They're also the authors of Loyalty to Your Soul, The Heart of Spiritual Psychology, and Remembering the Light Within, both published by Hay House. The partnership of these two with Mary's deep, profound, and accurate intuition, along with Ron's characteristic wit, humor, and clarity, they're both known for their masterful abilities to convey high-minded spiritual concepts as practical life lessons that can be easily understood and integrated by readers, students, and today my listeners here on Journey to Center. So thank you, Ron and Mary, for being here with me again on Journey to Center. Well, thank you for having us. It's always a pleasure, Tammy. Yes, it is a pleasure and honor and a privilege to share you with my friends. So we had another, we had a great show last week where we touched on some really important questions and I'm excited to continue um, with the energy that's happening here. So I would love to talk about another question that Jan asked me. She goes, it, it seems so easy to forgive other people, but why is it so hard to forgive to forgive ourselves, and where do we start to forgive ourselves? Well, I, I think part of why it's so hard, Tammy, is the the ego wants to make it all about somebody else and what's going on out there and how wrong they are. The ego is caught in the duality, 
And so the idea that that somehow I had something to do with this and that that there's an opportunity for compassion and self-forgiveness is very foreign to many, many people. And yet mm-hmm. it is the key to to healing and to liberation and to a happier life. So um, in order to really answer this question, once again, we have to consider this distinction between the ego and the authentic self. The ego consists of the part of us that does right, wrong, good, bad, uh, positive, negative. And in a physical creation, it has to be that way. You can't have... Um, you can't have light without without dark. It, would, it makes no sense. You can't have loud without soft, etc. Mm-hmm. But at the authentic self level, the let's call it the level of the soul, the level of who we really are, there is no polarity. There is only love. How do we know that? We know that because when we have facilitated, and I'd have to say by this time, thousands of people. Uh, deeper and deeper and deeper, that's always where they wind up. They always get into this place where they go, oh my God, there's just this amazing feeling of love. That's all there is. Mm -hmm. And then we say, well, what about that person you were mad at or that person who wronged you? They just start laughing. (laughs) How how ridiculous is that? I really say that? How ridiculous is that? So we have to distinguish between uh, forgiveness that people tend to do at the ego level, which is what most people believe that forgiveness is really all about. And then there's the forgiveness that occurs at the deeper level, at the, at the level of what we call the authentic self, where there is no polarity, there is no duality, there's only love. So at the ego level, uh, we, we say, well, I forgive uh, so-and-so for this terrible thing that they've done that they've done to me, or to somebody else for that matter. And we, if you really think about it, uh, that's ego forgiveness. That's the ego saying, well, you know, there was really this terrible thing that was done, but you know what, I can, I can be big enough that I can overlook it, I can just make it okay, and, you know, and I, don't, I don't have to, I mean, you get the idea. But compassionate self-forgiveness, which happens at the authentic self-level, has a different story to it. Because in the ego level, you're still making that which the other person did as wrong and bad. So you are still entering into judgment about that thing. At the authentic self-level, we don't forgive someone else for the terrible thing that, we, that they've done. We forgive ourselves for issuing the judgment that what they did was bad or wrong, as if we really knew what spirit's will is in that particular situation. So compassion becomes very, very, very important because compassion says, I have, uh, well, let's just call it, I have compassion, the word compassion to be with one who is suffering is what that word means. I, I can go to the place inside myself where I can be with someone else who is suffering, and I know they're suffering because if they weren't, they never would have done that thing that I'm mm-hmm. holding against them. 
So I forgive myself for judging them in the first place. And that's a whole different thing. And that's not something uh, that people can just say, oh, great, that's a good idea. I'm going to, I'll do that from now on. I mean, that's, yeah, it's that's not natural. That takes training. <laughs> it doesn't come easy. No, it's it not our first easy. inclination. That's right. I, I only started to do it when I was just suffering so much. It didn't seem like there were any other choices. Exactly. Yes. yes. When people are desperate, not very often they become more more receptive to Absolutely. trying something that seems so radical, and so radical. and yet as one experiences the shifts that occur with compassionate, with self-forgiveness, with letting go of the judgments, we begin to dissolve the separation that contributes to that horrible feeling of pain and isolation uh, and and loneliness. And what what people, uh, most people fail to realize is that the more that they hold on to that judgment of someone else, they will literally attract to them more situations of a similar nature. It's their own soul's way of saying, hey, you didn't get it on the last round, so right. let's give you another one. Yeah. Oh, still didn't get it, let's give you another And they'll keep giving it. Your own soul will give it to you uh, because it wants you to learn the lesson. That's what it knows it's here for. Yeah, we get the same experiences until we really learn the lesson. That's right. Yeah. And I, and I like the saying, God throws pebble stones, bricks, and you get a brick wall. So, yeah, it's going to keep coming. Well, and, and I think it's so important to realize, and, and this can be very difficult for people to understand, that everything ultimately is for them. These mm-hmm. repetitive experiences, the serial relationship, where it's the same thing over and over, just with a different person, really yes. are, are blessings. These are challenging experiences and often very painful, um, but they are the kind of thing that ultimately are designed to help us uh, because they get our attention. And it, you start wondering, why am I having this same relationship over and over, over and again? Over. Mm-hmm. Why do I have three failed marriages? And it was the same story with every one of them. And people start to realize, well, the common denominator was me. So what right. is it in me that attracted this? Yes. And how do so I true. shift it? Yeah, personal responsibility. One of the things yeah. you teach right out of the gate. Very, so very, I really very believe, important. yeah, I really believe it is so hard. It's so hard. And we've talked about this a lot in the classroom. It's like to heal the... Um, guilt and shame and sense of unworthiness. And there was a phrase that was in one of the handouts that I use all the time in my own prayers and I suggest it with my students and clients. Just now, I dissolve any illusion between who I think I am and who I really am. I forgive myself for having placed it there. Now I bow down to receive the healing grace of God that is here for me now. Such a powerful, powerful prayer. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that is a very powerful prayer. Just really dissolving any illusion between who I think I am, which is the ego, and who I truly am, which is the soul. Yes. And I'm just yes. open and receptive to receiving the healing grace, the goodness, and the love that God has for me. Yes. And always has. We yes. just have to be And able that to is it. your essential nature. Mm-hmm. Such 
an, a powerful prayer. It's such a simple, simple thing that we can do that I think starts to dissolve our issues of unworthiness and shame and help forgive ourselves, that compassion for ourselves. Yeah, so the, vital. The, the beginning place is to consider the possibility that uh, the basic paradigm that we're bringing forward where there's this ego awareness which is based in physical world reality, and then there's the authentic self-awareness, which is based in love. What's really interesting is that every major religion and mystical tradition says this, but that doesn't stop people from then using that teaching against other people. I know, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Well, it's, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's rather than crazy, I would say it was uh, just born out of ignorance. You know, but yeah. that's what we're here to learn. Yeah. And um, I have one more question from my uh, friend, Maureen. And I think this is something a lot of people are going to be able to relate to. Um, I, she says, I desperately need to find a way to bring about healing for myself. She's just gotten a cancer diagnosis. She had gotten rid of it, I think, once. And now it's back and it's metastasized. She's starting a new battle. What words of wisdom or suggestions might you want to share with Maureen? One of the things that I would recommend, now, see, you're, you're entering into a challenging uh, subject because it is very, it's, it's a very complex subject yes. because, as you know, there's this um, relationship between what we call consciousness, health, and healing. Mm-hmm. But... The best, or one of the best approaches that we that we are aware of, is to start out by giving the the cancer or the feeling inside that is disturbed a voice, and writing out what it has to say. So, uh, something along the lines of, uh, "All right, cancer, what 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 purpose are you serving for me?" What's your message what's for your, me? What's yes. your message? What's your mission, so to speak? And, and, and just sit back and listen, and then write down what it begins to tell you. And very mm-hmm. often, it will, it will say things like, um, um, well, that's, well, I'm here to fulfill your prophecy of unworthiness. Mm-hmm. Or I'm here to... Uh, to uh, show you or to um, eat up the part inside of you that is, that is holding on to the misidentification of who you are. And there'll be something, something it, it always has a mission. And the first thing to do is to see if you can access it. Some people are much better at this. For some people, it's very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Another thing we another thing we refer to, and you're aware of this, is what we call freeform writing, where you just sit down and let's say tune in to the part inside of you that is that is that has the cancer, and just start writing whatever comes to your mind. We, yes, we can tend to bypass the conscious mind that way. So that would be one way to start to to deal with it from the perspective of a metaphysical uh, point of view, as opposed to a purely yeah, I um, was in the classroom with you guys for that, that wonderful class, uh, Consciousness, Health, and Healing. And I struggled yeah. a lot with my health. And it was such a profound revelation for me during the course of that process that my disease wasn't the enemy. It was yeah. a messenger. 
Yeah. It was a messenger. And it's, so in, in allopathic medicine, they often approach it, I think, as the, as the enemy, that they're going to kill it. And it, it wouldn't have worked for me because there was something so profound that I was supposed to be learning on a soul level. And thank God I did. Yes. Yes. What a, what a beautiful example your story is, Tammy. And yes, because, uh, you know, one encouragement is for her to know it's so important that she, in the deepest part of her being, know that she didn't do anything wrong, that illness is spiritual opportunity, and that how she relates with herself and with the illness while she goes through this is so important. You know one of our principles is how you relate to the issue is the issue, but a corollary of that is how you relate with the illness is the issue and and the opportunity um, very often there are there is unprocessed material in someone's consciousness where they are holding guilt or shame um, at a very very deep level, and sometimes these things manifest as physical symptoms. And so, what Ron is suggesting: give the symptoms a voice, give the illness a voice, give the grief a voice, give the shame a voice and work with forgiving it all. I, I would encourage her to do what we refer to as a 33-day process where every single day she would do freeform writing for at least half an hour and she would complete the freeform writing with compassionate self-forgiveness. And freeform writing is really calling in the light and saying, Father, Mother, God, you know, I ask to be clear to the Holy Spirit. I dedicate this reform writing to you, to my healing, to my liberation. My intention is to give whatever I've been holding in my consciousness to you, to let it go, to be done with it, to complete it, and then to just begin writing, to ask that this be done for the highest good. And at the end, the, the compassionate self-forgiveness can be a very natural way to complete freeform writing, to to bring it to completion and and resolution, because I forgive myself for forgetting who I am. I forgive myself for judging this disease as punishment. I forgive myself for uh, holding on to my hurt and anger about X or Y or Z. What whatever it is, there's no shortage of opportunities. And often when people do freeform writing as the 33-day process, they just find they get to deeper and deeper layers and levels of things, things that were not in, no longer in their conscious awareness. So it can be a very, very deep, deep healing and clearing. Another yeah, thing that, especially if this person is relatively new to this work, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, is to get a copy of the Remembering the Light Within book because the book is designed in such a way it has 26 chapters. And the best way that we perceive, although not the only way, uh, for people to utilize it is to do one chapter every two weeks. And so it really forms habit patterns that are very possible, uh, very positive and very healing. And if one were to do this, they would complete the course in, uh, in exactly one year. So it's a year-long right. course in, in healing of 
I mean, if your person would use it that way, uh, it it could very well be work very well work that way for them. We've seen many people heal themselves from cancer. Mm. I remember watching um, some videos about that. Yeah, in our, the classroom about you know just some people just decided to enjoy themselves or have uh, go to comedy stores and and invite more laughter and invite yes. more love, and then there was these spontaneous healings that occurred. It was like that's yes, it. It is Phenomenal. so, so mm-hmm. profound, so so magical how healing grace can come in. And one other thing about cancer that I want to mention, Tammy, because I think many people are not aware of it, that often it is a reflection of a death wish that a person has held in their consciousness. And if they can, if, if that has resonance for them and they can get in touch with what that is with, and forgive that, and to very consciously choose life and to choose to participate every day in those things that they love and that bring them alive, that can also be extremely restorative of health. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard that before. I appreciate you sharing that. That's very interesting. Yes. And sometimes we don't heal. I mean, all of us are going to die of something. So we can't always know what our agreements were before we incarnated. And sometimes I just have to rest in that. And that's it. Just know that I'm love. God loves me. And everything's in divine right order, even if it doesn't look the way I wish it looked. Yes. Yes, that is so accurate. We had a friend who passed of breast cancer, oh, I think it's a little over two years ago now. Or maybe it's just coming up on two years, actually, or three. I, You know how time is. But um, it was a recurrence for her, and she so wanted to live, and she had teenage sons. And so there was a lot that she was leaving behind. And yet it was so clear that her ego wanted one thing, but her soul had another intention in mind. Yeah. Yes, I, I... and we've seen people, they really heal a major issue, and they, they get and out they pretty leave. quick. Yeah. They get out pretty quick. So we never know. We never know. And that, that's words that I repeat that I heard in that classroom with you often. We just can't know. We can't know what another person's contract is or curriculum is. It's arrogant to think we do. And to give people the dignity of their process. And I think give ourselves the dignity of our process. Yes. Well said, Tammy, and this is why um, the principle of acceptance is is so important. Acceptance doesn't mean we agree with something or that we like something, but rather it is what is, and then our choice really is to make the best of it. Absolutely, and uh, for me, what I think makes my life work is just that I give complete sovereignty to spirit in my life, and... uh, some might say it's naive, but I found it works for me. It's alleviated my stress. It's alleviated my pain. I just live in the knowingness that God loves me and I am love. And uh, life is a lot more um, joyful and graceful and fun from this posture, at least in my yeah. experience. You know, and to take it to an even deeper level, even deeper than God loves me, is the awareness that I am God. Mm, Not all yes. of it. Not all of it. Any but a part than, of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but any more than a drop in the ocean is the entire ocean. But I am made of the same stuff that is my very nature. 
And the more that we can come into the awareness that that is true, the more our life will change in a very positive direction, no matter what happens out here. Well, and, and part of what I love about that is that it brings the awareness also of oneness, that we are all part of God and, and everyone is. And I think it helps dissolve the illusions of separation that would yes. hold us into endarkment and that fosters so much of the conflict and negativity that we see on the planet. Mm-hmm. So eloquently said, as usual, Mary. Thank you. <laughs> so beautiful. We just have a couple of minutes left here, and here's one final question that I am personally very excited about listening to the answer about, is um, how can we make the most of this human experience from the spiritual perspective? The way to make the most out of it is to always choose the positive. Um, we we had the uh, the opportunity to be to be doing a workshop recently in Aspen, Colorado, and the speaker before us talked all about how we have to stand up and fight politically, and we have to get involved. There's a lot of anger issue with it, mm-hmm. and, and and the the uh, and we got up there right after, and we said, listen, if you want to be a force for peace, truly. You want to march, march. You want to hold flags, hold flags. You want to rally, rally. But do it all in a peaceful, loving way. Because no matter high, no matter how high-sounding you are, if your energy is negative, all you are doing is adding to the sum total of negativity that you say you want less of. And that mm-hmm. is such an important awareness. Yeah, we don't need to fight the dark. We need to be the light. Turn on the That's light. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It feels a lot better. And, and, and it works a lot better. Does, yes. <laughs> if you fight the dark, you add to the dark. Yes. You're so wonderful. I love you people more than I can ever express in English. <laughs> well, that's nice. <laughs> that's well, we nice. We love you, Tammy, and we just applaud you. And it's such a joy to witness all the good works that you are doing and your growth and transformations. Uh, over the years, and and I just applaud you. Oh, thank you. It is a relief to come home to ourselves, which is love. Yes. Such a relief. Life works so much better from this posture. And um, is there a final shout-out? Where where can people find you or get your books? Yes. Well, our books, uh, Loyalty to Your Soul, and our second book, Remembering the Light Within, are available at Amazon.com. That's probably the easiest way to get it. And um, for our work itself, go to the website, universityofsantamonica.edu. It uh, gives a lot of information about our program. So, again, thank you, Dr. Ron, Dr. Mary Holnick, for being part of this wonderful episode. I hope to get you back on someday so you can share more of your wisdom and your heart and your love and your consciousness. And to my listeners, thank you so much for being part of my show. I love having these conversations. What makes it more fulfilling is that you're also a part of this. We're just sending out blessings of gratitude and love from our hearts to yours. Take good care of yourselves. Onward and upward. Bye for now. Thank you.